On this episode of The Last King Podcast, we're going to be talking about some of the best music that came out in 2018. Happy New Year, everybody, and welcome to another Yay. episode of The Last King Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Eccentric Tom. And I am... Uh, good old... Oh, right, right, your turn. <laughs> Look at us stumbling over each yes, other. Yes, someone time. else stood on yes, someone yes. else's lines. All right, this is Mr. Toffee here speaking. 2019 is off to a cracking start. And who's who's you? Uh, it's yeah, me, who are you? Shafiq, yes, the other guy. <laughs> the other one. Welcoming you all to another episode of Last King Podcast. In the good old 2019, we're yeah. one more year until we end this decade and we start a new one. Yeah. Yes, I mean, there's a lot that's going to be happening this year. You know what I've been thinking about? Like what exactly? Like what exactly? Uh, uh, Part 4 of uh, Avengers. Um, there's a Captain Marvel movie. Yeah, the last season of Game of Thrones before the prequel stuff. And we'll find out Shazam. if my <laughs> country will uh, descend into a hellfire pit of chaos or try to return to normalcy. I have a funny feeling Brexit's the kind of thing where when it happens, nothing hey, changes. <laughs> it might not even happen. It might not even happen. Yeah. Or it might blindside you for all you know. Uh, Will it blindside you? It's been hitting me over the head like constantly for the last two and a half fucking years. Why so? Because it's just the most stupid thing I've ever seen a country do apart from elect Trump. <laughs> I'm not going to go back into this. I, I, I do not have the energy. I want to start 2019 on a positive note. not A very happy note, right? Yes. You should start it. So, like, what did you guys do during the very well-deserved uh, Christmas holiday season? I worked because I get jack for shit um, uh, holiday breaks. But hey, you know, I got fed by uh, various in-laws and got no presents for the first time ever. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Asia, where such a thing doesn't really. Welcome happen. to living half the world away from your parents. Oh, poor thing. Do you miss yeah. the Christmas presents? Uh, kinda. I mean, I I mean, the thing is, like, the older I got, the more I realized that I I'm difficult to shop for because whenever there's something I want, I just get it. So people say, "Oh, what do you want for Christmas?" I say, eh, uh, I don't know. What did I not already get myself? What was that one Christmas present you've always wanted but you never got? Probably one of those Spider-Man like helicopter things when I was six years old. I asked it because I had like real web shooters in it and uh, my parents didn't get it. You're still for holding reasons on to that. <laughs> all these years. I have a very long, long memory. Alright, how about you Mr. Toffee? And well, I, oh, I definitely got drunk and fixed a tire in the middle of the highway. That's about it. Were you driving? Uh, well, actually me and my pal, yeah, we were driving to this beach called Shirating and then all of a sudden... Something felt a bit off in my friend's car, like she got panicky and all that, so I'm like, okay, just don't panic, just, you know, find a flat road and all that, so I think that was basically like the craziest 15 minutes of my life, because it was like, around that time, even halfway around the highway, it was like just so many cars just coming, going back and forth, so I was like, what do I do, what do I do, okay, open up the instruction book, you've done this before, John, so... I'm like, okay, just set the jack and everything, just make sure it's positioned just fine. But then I always get panicky that, you know, like, there's no, like, brick or rock or something to set the other, to set on the other wheel and stuff. So, I'm actually getting it done, but not with, like, a buckets of sweat all over my body, dude. Like, I really need to shower really bad because it was the first time I'm, like, 15 minutes, all the cars coming back. And then there are people actually on the road just asking, like, saying, hey, dude, you got a problem in Barcelona and all that? So, like, tapa tapa wole wole, yeah. And then... I was like very very frazzled, but at the same time, okay lah, I got everything fixed. Thank God, you know. So like, what a hero. That's a... <laughs> yeah. No, well, well the done. thing is, I fixed tires, but not under pressure like this. To be honest. So you yeah. Know, like, so this was the closest you feel to being in a when pit I had, crew. When, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I guess so. I mean, like one of those the Daytona pit crew guys. But so when F1, I fixed tires please, before, I'm it was like so quiet. You know, like I could have gotten mugged, but at the same time, thank God, did that didn't happen. You know. Wait. So you you can fix a tire, but only if a girl's not watching. No, 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 no. <laughs> Here we go again. Welcome We're back to the Last King Podcast. <laughs> yes. I mean, you, you set that up yourself. I know. That's I know. the way it sounded to me, you know? Like, so what was she doing this whole time? You know, checking her phone? <laughs> <laughs> like she, call, calling Double uh, A? She was trying to call, yeah. She was trying to call for help. But like, I would have been like, there you go. bitch, you, you jacked this car up. I need to put the tire in. <laughs> you know how tight these screws are? Speaking of tight screws. Yes. Anyway. Oh, um, Jesus. <laughs> oh, so, it was tight, all right. I'll tell you that. No, okay. but like, the thing is, um, 
yeah, thanks for tangenting off all by yourself. Uh, I was, I just asked you, disappointing Christmas present and a flat tire. <laughs> to be fair, oh, that's that was quite a disappointing uh, present. To that would have been a present, you know. Imagine, imagine that Santa Claus coming down the chimney and then the Grinch replacing all your favorite PlayStation games with a flat tire. <laughs> be kind of Amazing. Where you, where you wake up and go like, cool, I get, but this. Like, you have to go out your way. I mean, talk about asking a question and not getting the answer you were expecting. <laughs> I know. I feel like a political mm. pundit in 2017. Here we go. <laughs> so. Let's it always has to be political of this show. Let, let's let's try that again. So, John, what was your most disappointing Christmas present? <laughs> <laughs> let's see. A broken Voltron toy, I believe. Okay, now that. It was, it was missing a lion. There we go. It was a missing lion of all things. It missed, like, which Which one? It was the blue one. <gasps> the, the blue one was the leg, right? The most important one. I know, it couldn't stand. I had to disassemble it and put it back as, like, you know, like, one, two, three, four. Yeah, four. Four, four lines Wait, all is over it, again. Isn't it canonical that the blue lion was helmed by the princess? Um, Actually, yeah. Especially in the new Voltron cartoon, yeah. yeah. It was retrieved by Lance, and then Princess Princess Allura took over. Yeah, you know? so it's another situation of Christmas where lack of women, huh? <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm done. Okay, no, thank not. you, thank you very much. You're just getting started. You just want to just roll it up, or I'm like, not rolling like anything up. I've went up enjoying this little roast uh, <laughs> roasting session. Speaking of roasts, okay. Anyway, um, well, for me, most disappointing Christmas present would definitely have to be an Amazon gift card. <laughs> wow, there is nothing more like I would say, you know, like. You can tell that they didn't put any thought into it, you know? Yeah. And the thing is, right, it's not like you're expecting a lot. I mean, even like a shitty pair of socks or a sweater, at least you think to yourself, you know what? Ironically, I might enjoy this. But like, <laughs> here is some, um, how you say, replacement money. It's not actual money. It's not something that you can spend specifically anywhere else. No, no, it's an Amazon gift card. And guess what? For $20. What the hell can you buy for $20 on Amazon? <laughs> Nothing useful, and this was the before the days of Prime. Yeah, there you go. And then it, if you think about it, like, you know, half of that is just shipping. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. Remember the those horrible days, the, the stupid errors when we didn't have like the Amazon warehouse in Singapore. It's like, oh, we, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, wait, what? Like, I'm I'm buying this, uh, you know, USB drive. It's fifty dollars just for shipping. Oh my god. <laughs> cool. It's gonna it's gonna be a like one of the best USB drives ever then. I mean, bro, I talked about like disappointment of not getting something, but I think the most disappointing was I got the same book twice. Really? Yeah. Because it was on the same Christmas. On or? the same Christmas, it was exactly <laughs> the same book. And here's the thing: I already had it, so I had three copies of this bloody thing. <laughs> Wait, was it a situation where it's like Harry Potter, the adult version, the child version, and the audiobook no, version? No, it was exactly the same. Well, we know Tom likes the it's child a- version a lot. Okay, so. there you go. <laughs> I am not engaging on that one. Okay. Uh, no, you're you saying... You never were, so... <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was exactly the same uh, edition of the second Artemis Fowl book. Oh, okay. Yeah. Never heard of it. Any you never heard of Artemis Fowl? No. Oh, it's... Enjoyable. There's a movie coming out, I remember. Artemis yeah. Fowl? <laughs> when you say to me Artemis Fowl, I think about the exploits and adventures of a very magical owl. Uh, well, it's a little Irish uh, I think ma- you mean mastermind chicken. Uh, chicken. Chicken? millionaire. So okay, but is it spelled F O U L or F O W L? F O W L. Oh, so chicken. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, welcome to back to the Last King Podcast. We missed all of you listeners out there. Yeah, did you miss us? And Spotify? I don't think so. Probably yeah. not. Probably no, not. Nobody's been. But we're on Spotify. You gotta remember that. So we'll be all around <laughs> haunting your free. Play, uh, free streaming music services everywhere, just, especially iTunes. We're on iTunes too. Right? We're on iTunes. We're on Spotify. We're on SoundCloud. We're on almost all the major podcast distributors. We're like that one sock from a pair which you got a while back. That you don't like, but keeps which you never ever will throw away. It's just like you're doing laundry. Like, oh god, it's this thing again. I mean, think of it this way: might as well just listen to us. Yeah, <laughs> like, we're not we going exist. anywhere. <laughs> you know, what's the point of having a podcast when nobody's listening? Right, people. So yes, yeah, all white dudes apparently. <laughs> no, I said right people. Oh, <laughs> right people. You were right the first time, white people. Thank you. <laughs> so racist. Welcome back <laughs> to the Last New Podcast. Anyway, um, so tangenting off again. But anyway, this is a very special episode because as we teased very much in our last, last episode, back in 2018, oh, seemed like almost a year ago. Mm. There you go. 
we did mention that we would be branching out our uh, categories. Uh, we'll be exploring other avenues other than the usual video games, television, and movies. And today is gonna be an extra special uh, 2019 first episode ever where we try to uh, discuss music for the yes, first time. Yes, in our never any quest to be the most snobby fucks in existence, <laughs> we're gonna try our hand at music critique. Which is because we are that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, we all... No, wait, who's Snowbeer? Uh, pitchfork or maybe Complex? Oh, absolutely Pitchfork. Pitchfork, right. Yeah. Yes, not, nothing more pretentious than Pitchfork. That's a joke for three people. <laughs> who listen to this podcast. Yeah. Who also read Pitchfork. Yeah. <laughs> like, how dare you? And then they read, like, you know, their review of pretty much anything that's not, like, super obscure like oh yeah you're right yeah every Kanye West album is amazing sure mm-hmm. <laughs> well actually no like last year Kanye West and Kid Cudi did release this uh, collaborative album Kitsy Ghost did you hear it? Uh, not really surprisingly spectacular I was a big fan of the production I mean I'm a big fan of Kid Cudi but at the same time to me I felt like Kanye West was kind of going a little bit off deep end because he was going through all his issues and stuff mm-hmm. and he did release Ye which to me felt very underwhelming Compared to like you know other you know his output, but then at the same time like uh, I think Kanye West is probably the kind of guy where if you have something like Kid Cudi to reel him in, you have some pretty good sensual, experimental, very resonant hip hop. He is great when he's paired up with someone and he's kind of taking on a more of like a producing role. Yeah, I like, agree. When he's left to his own devices, it's it's kind of like leaving a kid with all the sugar in a room. <laughs> All, all the Kardashians. Yeah. <laughs> well, same thing. Same thing. There you go. I mean, like, uh, I would not say it's better than Watch the Throne, his collaboration with Jay-Z. Well, I mean, that's... I don't think that's possible. And I think it is possible, but I think it's, I think that was not what they wanted to attempt with mm. this album because I think what Kid Cudi and, like, Kanye wanted to do was something that was, I would say, uniquely personal, but also at the same time very much pushing the boundaries I wouldn't say even say boundaries I would say pushing the expectations of what people assume hip-hop to be now because mm-hmm. not it like right now one of my biggest gripes about 2018 is because uh, besides the rise of the mumble rapper and the whole mm-hmm. trap scene falling into itself and like how many littles do we have again? Uh, as of 2019 we have enough a- to make one big jump <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm gosh. using that joke again because that's it was off the last time <laughs> That joke was so bad, but I had Remember to kids, laugh. jokes don't count if no one heard it first. Hey, there you go. A little bit of anything, yeah. I mean, uh, but it's nice to know that, you know, in the oceans of crappy hip-hop, there are a few gems that still kind of rise to the surface. And Absolutely. I think, to me, like, yeah, definitely Kid Seagulls, uh in the realms of hip-hop and pop. Probably. Well, hey, shit, speaking of hip-hop and rap and all that, uh, Eminem uh, reminded us last year that he's still really good at uh, tearing people down who try to come at him. Oh, you're talking about the district against Machine Gun? Yeah. Oh, why do you say that, though? Uh, because, you know, people are starting to talk about, oh, he's losing touch, he's not, you know, as interesting as he used to be, and uh, what was the name of uh, his last album? I think it was Relapse? No, no, it's after Relapse. Yeah, no, yeah. He came out last year because he did the Venom uh, soundtrack on it. Uh, I thought the Venom soundtrack was on the, the Killshot album. Was no, Killshot was um, uh, the one he released after, it was just an EP. No, I see what you mean. I think it was like, uh, something yeah. bomb or something. Mm, okay. I think but, it's Kamikaze. You're talking about Kamikaze. Kamikaze, that's the one, yeah. Kamikaze yeah. is the recent album, right? Yeah. Okay. So, like, that came out first, and was like, uh, and then that was when Machine Gun Kelly said, oh, you ain't shit no more. And then uh, Eminem kind of came down from upon his mighty throne and said, say what? Mm. And then proceeded to do seven minutes worth of lynch mob. Did you see the interview with Sway uh, when they were discussing about the diss track and especially about Machine Gun Kelly? Nah, I don't really watch uh, well, radio stuff. What happened? What happened? So what basically happens is, uh, because the thing is, uh, Sway is a DJ for Shade 45 and Shade 45 is literally Eminem's radio station. So you know Sway, guys, definitely the SoundCloud people know who Sway is. Sway in the morning! Yeah. <laughs> I remember him from, uh, what was that shitty movie we watched last year? 
Which Bruce one? Willis. Oh yeah, he was in the, the wait, Death Proof. Death right? Proof. No, not Death Proof. No, 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 was Death, Death, Death Proof is the Roger, Death Robert Wish. Rodriguez. Death yeah. Wish remake. Yeah. Uh, Death Wish. Death Wish. Sorry. Death, Death Proof is the Robert Rodriguez Grindhouse movie. Yeah. Okay. Got the name. I was saying this like, so because yeah. To me, it felt more like, you know, package publicity because mm-hmm. it's basically, yeah, this feels like a promotional interview. Yeah. And what really was annoying about the interview was it was released in three parts. I mean... And then, like, the stinger at the first one is like, okay, tune in next time when we talk about Machine Gun Kelly. Uh, but, so it's like, uh, a man feeling like, I want my radio show to be more like NPR. <laughs> there you go. But also at the same time, like, what was interesting about that was, like, it's very rare for, like, uh, musicians to immediately dissect and analyze and then explain the music like literally a week later hmm so like zero room for interpretation because yeah. but then at the same time like hip hop music especially with the rise of websites like Genius and like Complex like like all these lyrics are explained to you immediately yeah so it's like yeah remember when hip hop was fun and like you had to figure out what that slang word meant yeah, I mean, the way you can do that is listen to uh, French hip-hop because... It's all French. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it's more fun for me because I can kind of speak it a little bit. So I spent half the time like, I think I know what this means. Hmm. Then I have to look up and go, oh shit, I was completely wrong. Here's an interesting question, eccentric poem. Yes. What does skeet mean? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> you still... White people still don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's also an old term. So I'm both... Too white and too young to know what it is. It's not that old. It's been around since Little John. <laughs> yeah, Little John. Yes. Skate, skate. <laughs> and the Chappelle skit. Yeah, well. there you go. I miss, I miss Little John. Chappelle. I mean, I know it's something sexual, but would you want me to explain it to you? Yes, please. It's something to do with coming. Oh yeah. On a specific area. It, well, I know it's not Supermaning because that's no, Superman's on the back, and yeah. then you have to attach the blanket or the bed sheet later. Yeah. Okay, but yeah, but <laughs> I digress. Now here's the. I, w- I don't want to say here's the problem with the Machine Gun Kelly diss like when Eminem disses a person he goes after your entire like history your back catalogue your family members if he feels like it yeah and, and at the same time like the problem I have with the Machine Gun Kelly diss is Machine Gun Kelly hasn't been established long enough to have any really good material yeah so it kind of felt like Okay, this was well done, but like, why are you wasting your time with these? Yeah, that's what it didn't feel like unnecessary bullying. Or it didn't feel like bullying. It felt like imagine like an annoying six-year-old kid trying to get your attention. But you overreact. But you're like, yeah. Then you stomp on his head when you could have (laughs) just bitch slapped him. I mean, he was definitely (laughs) setting an example, but in the kind of way that everyone's like, dude. No, but I. (laughs) But the thing is, like, why I brought up the Sway interview is because like the reason why he. Like, at first, he totally ignored him. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he tweeted something about his daughter... Oh, yeah, no, that's that's, that's fair. That's when he crossed the line, yeah. according to Eminem. So Eminem has always been extremely protective of Paley. So, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, at that point, I have to say, uh, Machine Gun Kelly, you brought that upon yourself, you stupid motherfucker. No, but You know what you're getting yourself into, yeah. more or less, with Eminem. But I, I also want to say this, like, Machine Gun Kelly's uh, rebuttal? Mm-hmm. Not bad. Okay, it's, it's alright, but Young Buck, you got a long ways to go. But I don't agree with people saying that oh, Eminem is going to destroy his career. No, I doubt it's going to happen. If anything, it will improve his career because I mean, it's not like a Meek Mills thing where he like lost so badly he went to jail for a few years. No, it's not. Up. It's not like a Jarul thing where Fifty yeah. Cent literally Jarul has no career and he was at one point the biggest rapper in the game. But then again, like you know. I don't think Machine Gun Kelly is going anywhere. Like, I last saw him in that Netflix movie Bird Box. Huh? That, that was him. He was the white guy. So now I definitely don't want to watch it. <laughs> it's a bad movie. I don't get why people like it so much. But we'll save that for our uh, movies episode coming very soon here yes. on The Last King Podcast. Yeah. But yeah, how about you, uh, Mr. Toffee? Anything from the realm of rap you want to talk about? <laughs> Unfortunately, no. Next. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> you gotta... Okay, maybe that's something that Tom can bring up, you know. (laughs) What? That was an Ariana. Anyway, uh, yeah, Black Panther soundtrack, but I'd rather you, Tom, you talk about it because... Oh, yeah, so should we, like, actually get into the point of this whole episode, which is where we talk about... Since we're on the theme of rap. Okay, let's talk about that. Uh, So, okay, Sandra, Tom, you're going to go first. Uh, Your album of 2018 or, like, your most favorite listen? Okay, so my absolute favorite album of 2018 is, without a shadow of a doubt, Stranger Through by Zeeland Arda. And to which, uh, who? 
nobody asks? Well, I'm glad you asked, nobody. Uh, they are a American-Swiss uh, metal band. I think just a singer. Uh, at first it was, but now he's actually hired... Swiss and metal musician? Uh, he's Swiss-American. No, but I mean, yeah. like, in, yeah. in the band, he's I, got other American guys. Or? It's mainly Swiss people, I think, because he's mm. based in Basel. Okay. Uh, only about hour and a half away from where my parents live, which is kind of cool. Um, so his first album was a solo project, which you kind of mentioned, and it's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, it's uh, definitely something that we didn't expect to happen, or that I would say it was an interesting mix of genres. Yeah, I mean, it definitely also, yeah, it felt interesting, but also at the same time safe if you get what I mean mm. like he wasn't really trying too hard to like push it too much as it was definitely a mix of Negro spirituals and black metal I think it still is right? it still is yeah. but in the first album it was very much like this is 80% spiritual with a metal finisher and this is metal with a light dash of Negro spirituals yeah I see what you mean whereas Stranger Through is basically right fuck this I'm gonna have this big stupor and mixing in negro spirituals gospel a bit of jazz because fuck it and black metal stood it up and poured it out mm-hmm. and it was absolutely gorgeous so how did you discover this album it was i was listening to uh on apple music yes i'm one of those people uh they have a radio option and i just chose the metal station because i realized that i really love metal but i've been listening to the same six seven bands for the last four years and i needed a change up and at first um come on down from their first album came out I was like okay cool and then don't you dare came on mm-hmm. and immediately i was hooked okay because it starts with it sounds like an electric banjo kind of sound like bow, 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 bow. banjo or steel guitar uh steel guitar uh i i kind of mix them up a little bit and then okay. he starts um you know singing kind of like a, a sped up spiritual and then the drum starts like okay interesting 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 and then drop scream and i was absolutely floored Ooh. and then i just listened to the entire thing it's the first time i've listened to an album straight through in easily five years okay and it was absolutely phenomenal yeah i mean like um eccentric tom recommended zealand other stranger fruit to me and uh it- took me by surprise that like you know it didn't sound totally i would say um awkward yeah you know what i mean because it's very hard especially when it comes to like mixing genres mm-hmm. there's always this like um like you can't always make it work you, you yeah. can't force it and he found a very unique and a very effective way to kind of uh, use the best of both worlds and combine it in a way that was superfluous but also at the same time um, musically very interesting to me yeah and I think what definitely helps with this album is that he actually got uh, five other uh, musicians on so rather than having to do everything himself which can work he's definitely a good enough musician but when you trust other people to say this is your thing and you do this well so I can focus on the lyrics and the actual overall composition rather than having to like you know mix everything together it was something else. also means that his live shows are fantastic. Yeah, I've seen his live videos. They're pretty yeah. good. And uh, because there's definitely a lot of um, modification to his vocals on the album, which hey, there's nothing wrong with uh, modifying your voice. Yeah, yeah a few filters here and there. Yeah, but live without those filters, it still sounds goddamn powerful. Like I, like, I like hearing Baphomet live. I definitely like Servant's live. Mm-hmm. And he does. Leave, he definitely has the chops to pull off uh, the live performance of it. Yeah. But also at the same time, like, um, there's also a little bit of I wouldn't even say controversy, but I would say this right. Like to me, this is definitely one of the top ten metal albums to come mm-hmm. out last year. But also at the same time, uh, are you aware of the inspiration behind this band? Uh, he he's listed his inspiration very openly um well what in particular i want to kind of bring up the fact that it has been brought to light that basically uh manuel gagno yeah manuel gagno yeah so gagno literally how he created this band was he went to 4chan <laughs> oh, oh, man. and he asked 4chan hey 4chan uh give me some musical genres to try and combine and some trolls said uh negro spirituals and black metal and he did it <laughs> hmm. and he crap. did it 
So that's the thing is right because uh, when it comes to a lot of like best of metal right the, the main argument people have with Zeal and Ardor because the thing is metal can be quite elitist as fuck and I am oh absolutely very aware of that but also at the same time I do admire his execution but it's like I kind of also have to agree with a lot of critics where it's like it's not truly innovative if you didn't come up with it yourself which is fair enough yeah you know what I mean like because the thing is like you can basically tell people that oh I, I invented a genre but then it's like nobody invents a genre the genre happens after a couple of bands decide to kind of emulate a certain style or yeah. a certain aesthetic I mean regardless of how he came up with this combination mm. it still feels authentic in a way which that I agree yes, yeah definitely. but also it helps that he's actually you know uh, like it must be his mother who's African American is it? Well, Ganyo is definitely well. Ganyo might like be a like yeah, his mother is the, the black one, or who's the white one? The I, father. I just well, I don't know because Ganyo could be like a um, what's the name? A Creole Creole name, but okay. I suspect that he has a Swiss father. Okay, which yeah. is definitely means. But, but I will not even have his heritage be any like you know. No, sort of, of course not. But definitely, it lends to a kind of uh, authenticity, especially when he was doing more of like the chanting stuff especially in 2017 I guess so but then there's also that problem that people will have with like it's, how is it really authentic when it's like yeah only you can pull this off I don't think so and it's like it was not as if it, like you like had that eureka spark of brilliance moment where like, mm. I like hey I have this idea that I need to pull off so it's like I mean that notwithstanding I mean I needed to bring up the fact that like Zealand other Stranger Fruit amazing album in fact probably on heavy rotation uh, for me especially yeah I mean uh, but also at the same time it's like once I did my digging and I found out things about the band I was like you know what I don't care it yeah. doesn't really matter because the thing is what I'm really keen I mean what I what made me really keen about this band was like it was so fresh but at the same time it's like to me the genius is this makes so much sense yeah you know what I mean and it's just a showcase of regardless or not like this is you know getting very nitpicky when you're talking about like did he come up with it or was he inspired blah 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 mm. he blended it so well that I played some of the songs to my father my father hates metal really? he generally hates it even Iron Maiden? who hates uh, Iron Maiden? come on uh, <laughs> who hates he, Iron Maiden? He's, he's on he's on the edge about Iron Maiden but the thing is Iron Maiden is definitely not you know super intense metal it's a wait does he like Eric Clapton? yeah Eric Clapton was in Cream. Well, <laughs> he likes Cream, but does he, does he like Led Zeppelin? <laughs> okay, now we, now we're now we're nitpicking. But basically, like, all right, let's just say all of the the metal I presented to him, he didn't like, like System of a Down, Corn. Yeah, I mean, so so he's got his dad metal. He's got dad metal, but like, yeah. it gets to a point where dad metal is almost not metal anymore because it's so universal. Hey, be careful! Judas Priest released an amazing album last year, and oh, that no. is quite dead metal to me oh for sure but you know Rob Halford is you know just a god among men still, <laughs> still standing he... yes still standing yeah. still standing except when he sings Painkiller yeah. ouch <laughs> well he's got the girls from Baby Metal to sing Painkiller now no they don't <laughs> they only do Breaking the Law uh, oh yeah Breaking the Law sorry uh, I thought but... UE Metal can have the range of Painkiller maybe uh, just maybe the... the younger one <laughs> it's yeah. quite a squeal especially for the chorus yeah, but uh, yeah, going back to my original points, uh, he really liked most of the songs I played. Mm. Like even uh, stuff like "Don't You There," which is definitely more in the metal uh, area, he liked. I see. Oh, but I mean, but he definitely really enjoyed "Servants" because "Servants" is "Servants" just is an amazing, such song. a great song. Yeah, definitely. I mean, what I here's the thing about Zilanada that I really need to bring up <laughs> is the fact that like. I'm kind of annoyed with a lot of people thinking that these two genres are not intertwined in any way whatsoever. But well, there's definitely a lot of connections because, you know, metal is an evolution from blues. From blues, mm. which was started by black people. Yep. And, like, you know, it's also an evolution of rock, which is, you know, started yeah. by black people. Started by black people. So it's like, the thing is, it's like when I heard Zeal and Ada and like okay, my only complaint is basically it gets very formulaic very quickly yeah once you understand his method behind it you can start seeing it almost like when you see the cheat sheet behind mm. but 
also we have to remember this is his second studio album and he's figuring out a genre that hasn't really been tested yet yeah like to be honest i'm kind of wondering what he might bring out this year because there was because uh, uh, the first one came out 2017 this one came out 2018 if they release something in 2019 i have got stupidly high expectations now i think that's the problem you shouldn't release anything yeah although soon. they're busy touring at the moment so we might have to wait a while maybe I like an extra year or two Zealand. i guess when we come back maybe yeah. no i would even say take two or three years off mm-hmm. like really because the thing is right um you have to understand the third album is the make or break album yeah because like i mean if you just look through history right everybody's second album is the one that makes you famous the third album is the one where you're going to get the most scrutiny and people are going to like really like you know the, the, the big question is are you a one-trick pony yeah is this all you can do because it's like what, I, what what I was about to mention was my biggest complaint about this is the formula is basically gospel part, black metal part, negro spiritual part, repeated length. Yeah, maybe if, nice. Yeah, if it the- felt like it was just flip flopping between genres rather than trying to really like seamlessly meld it sometimes. Yeah, and I think probably the best example of that of the melding isn't necessarily from this album, but um, Devil Is Fine from the first album. Mm. Which you can hear on the trailer for uh, the Division Two. Mm, okay, <laughs> shitty game that has a good soundtrack. Apparently. Nah, yeah. that's just a trailer. <laughs> it's, like, it's not indicative of the game. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, no, of course I mean, not. Of the and they always well. just yeah. But they always steal <laughs> metal music for these kind of uh, games for the trailers. Like, remember when a Perfect Circle was for uh, Rage? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it really? Yeah. Mm, yeah. Uh, counting bodies like that shit. was that Mother cover oh, well. for that other shitty game uh, Evolve a long time ago too. Yeah. Oh god! And there was a there was a cover of uh, me and you as well for that uh, one of those uh, like uh, co-op games back in 2011. Mm. Back when the gaming industry had a hard one for co-op games. Probably Army, Army of Two. Of one of the Army no. of Two. No, was, that's what it sounds like to me. It yeah. was uh, a pseudo fantasy one with a bald dude and Kenan Lynch. No, 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 that's a different well, kind of bald fantasy. Dude, I don't think yeah. Lynch. Bald dude and a and a woman. Oh, Hunter oh, the man. Exile. Yes, that that shitty oh, game. Yeah. Have... yeah. <laughs> oh well. So yeah, I mean, but definitely, would you? I mean, you highly recommend Zelenada? For sure. Even if you're not a fan of metal, I would say this is. I wouldn't say this is something that gets started in the genre, but this nah, is definitely not. This is an example of what happens once you get past the initial. Like, I can admit it can be a tough sell at first because it is a barrage of noise. But if you're able to get past that, this is what happens when someone with actual talent gets behind it and does something interesting. Because yeah, I agree. Yeah. One complaint I have with metal as a whole is that it's actually quite conservative in many regards. Why like, do you it's say that? Very resistant to like uh, radical changes. Well, then I need to bring up my pick for uh, my favorite metal album of 2018. Well, there we go. This is a perfect transition. <laughs> so uh, I doubt you guys have heard of the Rivers on Nihil. Nope. No. Nope. Please. I, like I, I have heard of them. Oh, you have? Yeah, That's a nice up, name, by the way. They came up in yeah. my uh, radio playlist. Well, definitely the best metal album of 2018. And I mean, uh, to me, it's a tie between this and this other band, Horrendous, with The Idol. But to me, like this one edged it out as number one for me because basically, when you talk about innovative, seamless, mixing genres and totally taking you by surprise, Jesus Christ, there is a technical death metal album with saxophones. What? (laughs) Talk about, I didn't see that coming. (laughs) And the best thing is, when you see them do it live, it's like, Jesus Christ, this works so well. Wow. I mean, (laughs) you say that, but I'm usually thinking, I can understand how that could work. No, because, like, I mean, it's not an original idea, because there was, uh, I think the Faceless did it with auto-atheism a few years ago. But I would say... Um, Rivers on a Hill is the kind of band where this is not a starting point band either no I mean like, if you want a starting point band that is kind of recent I still recommend uh, Judas Priest's Firepower oh, which for is sure. classic heavy metal at its finest but like what blew me a bit about, about this album uh, uh, Rivers on a Hill uh, Where Owls Know My Name <laughs> what a great title that's great <laughs> is the fact that um, it starts off so unassuming but then it has a level of, I would say, escalation that I think... It's, it's been a while since I heard an album where it feels like they wanted to make it as an album. It doesn't feel like there's anything here that's designed to be a single. 
Yeah. It felt like a journey. It felt like from track one all the way to like the last track, right? You just had to follow this band and then they would take you on all sorts of musical interludes. I mean, okay. Sounds a bit like uh, the way Linkin Park made their first two albums. Well, uh, on a technical level, way more intense than Linkin Park. Well, of course. Of course, but I'm talking about like, you know, the but, idea of like making an album a single connecting thread yeah I mean the, the thing is concept albums have been around for a long time yeah. I mean like we can go as far back as the Who's Tommy or even yeah. like Queen's A Night at the Opera you know the Who mm-hmm. are making a, a releasing a new album this year who's gonna serious this year is Roger wow. Daltrey and Townsend left right yeah and I think they got Rob Plant's son on uh, drums you, you mean John Bonham's son yeah sorry John Bonham yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's a great drummer by the way oh no no I've seen him play he's good who's gonna do the bass uh, <laughs> uh, I think that's a fire <laughs> running joke. Who who cares? Yeah, <laughs> who cares about the some thing? guy? Some no, guy. Um, some guy is going to play. Town, Townsend's brother is a bassist. Okay. Yeah, Ooh. I've met him. Nice man. Townsend's brother. Yeah. <laughs> not 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 actual Townsend. God no. <laughs> he would never talk to the likes of me. Does he still do the power slide? No, not anymore. No, but I love it because uh, it's basically just watching Townsend dad dance to the music that made him famous. Oh man, it's so. I mean, that's the thing is like watching bands like this, and you like you look at them in the glory days, and you look at them now. It's like, yeah, you gotta bust the hip if you do jump too high there, sir. <laughs> Careful. <laughs> but then anyway, yeah. So um, I don't want to harp on too much about Rivers and I Hill, but I would say definitely one of the most surprising. It raises the bar. I think that's the easiest way to sum it up. It it technical death metal is the kind of thing where you need a very nuanced and a very I would say like there's a certain level of musicality you need to understand mm-hmm. but also at the same time it's not totally impenetrable but yeah. I would say it's been a while since something literally blew me away I'll mm-hmm. I'll give it um, a listen you've definitely piqued my interest with uh, definitely I mean technical metal with saxophones technical metal you had me at jazz basically yeah the thing is right it goes into like areas of electronica and psychedelia and also like there's just like beautiful acoustic arrangements that just pop out of nowhere yeah and like watch the music videos they're hilarious <laughs> it's the kind of band that doesn't take itself too seriously yeah it sounds like you're describing like another form of prog rock like except with death metal coming into the picture exactly I mean like the thing is like te- technical death metal had nowhere else to go because at, at one point in like the 90s or early 2000s technical death metal was basically pushing speed or pushing how many notes you can fit into a riff yeah and like there's only like a a logical conclusion or there's like a point of no return there's only so far fingers can move before exactly just or like there's only so far like before like like the human ear can't even discern two notes played too close together yeah anal count anyone yep <laughs> <laughs> so but I'll also say this is right um, in terms of musicality it's spectacular in terms of production it is got a surprising amount of polish that it for the first time it felt like it made the instruments more important than the song you which know? I like because yeah. I always tend to focus more on instrumentals than lyrics mm. in any song I play which is why I like metal so much mm. and I tend to be less interested in pop music well, but then again so Mr. Toffee how's your metal going you've been <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually just listening to recommendations from the both of you because I've listened to I don't think I've listened to much you know much music save for Video game tunes, more or less, which we'll probably go to later on, I guess. Well, we can go into it right now, too, because we just mentioned The Division and it's uh, Zeal and Ardor. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, from the amazing uh, Negro spirituals of Division 2? To the... To the annals of video game music. Annals? Annals, goddammit. Annals, annals. <laughs> I was like... Sorry, because you said anal death cunt. Or cunt. Anal oh, death cunt. That band you mentioned. Anal cunt. Anal death cunt is a very different band. Anal death cunt is the band that me and Tom are going right now. Absolutely. <laughs> anal death cunt. Right, you gotta Jeez. trademark the name, yo. So anyway, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if you guys have listened to a lot of video game music. Shafiq, I'm, probably, I'm sure you had. I've been playing a lot of video Hopefully. games with good music, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. So one particular soundtrack that really got to me, apart from Super Smash Brothers, but I don't want to talk about covers, is about this one title, uh, Octopath Traveler, this RPG from Square Enix, made for Nintendo Switch. Mm-hmm. And the soundtrack itself, it's the whole point of this whole soundtrack is basically channeling nostalgia. That's what the 
director, that's what the composer, Yasunori Nishiki, said when he actually was making the soundtrack in his interviews. And after listening to it in the game, and then listening to it like by itself with no context whatsoever to the game, I felt that this actually just stood out because it just brings back so many Final Fantasy nostalgic memories, but actually brings in a lot of new ways and new instruments coming in like crystal harmonicas and really really sweet violins. I mean, I'm not saying it's super innovative or anything, but the production values, the way it harmonizes and the chord progressions, especially for some of the battle themes, really worked out pretty well. Because I remember I actually we actually listened to the theme one time, remember, just before we started the show? Mm-hmm. Battle 2, like you and uh, Shepik and Tom. I loved it a lot, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's the name of the composer again? Uh, Yasunori Nishiki. What else has he been worked on? He only worked on a bunch of puzzle games beforehand. Oh, alright. That's it. This is actually his re- one big title. So it's kind of like uh, when Lord Rings came out and we saw, this is great music, who made it? Howard Shaw? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. In fact, I would actually put this up there. I mean, obviously, Lord of the Rings is a class of its own, mm-hmm. but in terms of like, grandeur, epic music, which is catering to, you know, channeling nostalgia in that category. I put this up alongside Dueling of the Fates from Star Wars and mm. so, and, the, and and a couple of the main themes from Lord of the Rings, which I kind of forgot the name because, again, <laughs> this kind of drew a blank in that sense. I, think I mean, you know the themes. Pedal of Fields, Frodo's theme. Pedal of Fields, thank you. Yes, yeah. thank Pedal you. Long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. They're actually... Yeah, yeah. But I would say, I, actually, I mean, if you re- recall Last King fans, uh, me and uh, Mr. Toffee have been harping on in our... Uh, our video game awards episode that oh, Octopath yes. Traveler has the best soundtrack yeah. <laughs> and it was robbed what instead Celeste fuck Celeste seriously wow. <laughs> actually if Octopath Traveler did not pop by I would actually vote Celeste but I don't know Octopath was the one that actually resonated with me because as a fan of GRPGs as a fan of someone who really wants something new and different i.e. not Dragon Quest I felt that this <laughs> ga- this music Actually, it can actually work outside of context. Like, mm. if you want something relaxing, you play the you play the Riverland theme with its like very mellow panpipes coming in. You want something a bit more uppity, but at the same time more like on the cliffside kind of music. You got Settlements in the Red Bluffs, where it's basically just Highland music, but done in Nishiki San style, more or less. Would, and of course, I did mention the battle themes. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would say it does. I mean, it doesn't harp too much on previous. Uh, like JRPG soundtracks. I mean, there are definite similarities to maybe like I mean, the most prominent similarity would definitely be with the Final Fantasy series. Yeah, yes. especially in the terms of uh, instrumentation of and the orchestra use of like violins and like a lot of and sweeping movements, right? Well, I guess uh, he got to play with all of uh, Square's toys when uh, he was. Oh yeah, the money game. helps. Definitely. Oh yeah, Square hiring yeah, money? an orchestra. Sheesh. It's pretty loud in the studio, just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> just like. Walking around in the studio where he can actually move. Like, oh my god. Yeah, I think what really hits Hammer's home with this uh, muse style of music is because it's hit, again, the whole theme of channeling nostalgia means you basically have to go back to your 16 bit and your 8 bit eras of just using melodies while composing with as little as possible. Mm-hmm. Now, imagine if that technique was done with an orchestra, but with a lot more instruments to actually play around with. Like I mentioned, the crystal with the crystal harmonicas and the violins and everything for some of the characters' themes, which actually worked to their favour. Yeah, and also being able to play more than one note at a time. I'm sure that really helps. Yeah, that helps a lot too. Yes, yes. But I mean, you know, like, if you want to actually go out with a bang, you just do whatever you can to, you know, make sure that you make your mark in 2018. And I'm happy that... I hope to see great things from this uh, composer. I'm sorry, well, I'm pretty sure that... uh, when we finally see Final Fantasy 16 in 2096, uh, I'm sure they will have <laughs> kept him alive long enough to make the music for that. No, that's not going to happen for even longer than that because I think Kingdom... Maybe about 10 years, we'll see. Because Kingdom Hearts 3 is going to drop this year, right? It's coming out it's next week, I think. Two weeks, two weeks' time, in two actually. Weeks time. Jesus Christ. I am... The, one of the longest-running jokes. <laughs> next to Final Fantasy 15. Yeah. You know what's going to really hurt? Nothing but Frozen characters. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't. But then again, yeah. Wait, Final Fantasy fifteen did finally come out. Yeah, it came out last <laughs> yeah, year. Yeah, I did. But um, again, you know, it took, what, 10 years, I believe? I was, gonna I was say, still at GameSpot at the time. I was going to say more <laughs> like a Duke Nukem, uh, whatever the last one was called. Forever. Duke Nukem yeah, Forever. Duke Nukem Forever. Like, I remember listening to a podcast and someone said, it was in production longer than I was married. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it was... Oh, man. Let, let's not go... 
Yeah. I don't think there's him. anything I can add apart. I mean, this is basically my soundtrack of the year. I mean, because again, it helps that I did not listen to much music outside of video games thanks to my day job and lack of time. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm actually taking my preferences and taking my recommendations from you guys, which is why I kind of am looking forward to the end of this episode. I need to ask okay. you a very important question, Mr. Toffee. Yeah. So what music was she listening to when you were fixing the tire? <laughs> You're Go so back. gorgeous, I guess. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. What did Tom say? I didn't catch that. I, I, I hope not. <laughs> really nothing. Nah, it's okay. It Sweet really sounds of nothing. nothing. Of Let's just put that down to rest now. <laughs> yeah. Okay, boys and girls. But anyway, yes. So, uh, Mr. Toffee. Uh, yes. Anything else in the world of music coming from you? I guess there is one track, but I can only talk about it like in a few minutes. Like, there was this guy named Sam Fender who played this one track called That Sound. Hmm. And it kind of brought back like very weird feelings. Like it's like I rem- it's like a mixture of imagine if Suede's lost album or the Cure's mainstream song, one of Cure's possible like made for mainstream song was lost in like a B-side and then remix for, you know, 2018. Hmm. That's what you get from that sound, honestly. Have you guys listened to the song before? I've nope. heard that song by Sam Vander. It's a nice track. Yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting. I mean, I figured that was probably the, my only contribution to the show, like, for, you know, non-video game stuff, unfortunately. Because it's kind of popped up near the end of the year, you know, so... Yeah, I mean... It's something that just hooked on. If we want to do, like, honorable mentions, uh, I'm going to stick to my assertion that uh, the Black Panther soundtrack is a better album than Damn. I slightly agree with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I would say Dem was trying so hard to be artistic whereas the Black Panther soundtrack was just fun. <laughs> it was a lot of fun and it was an appropriate mix. Uh, I mean, I, I still occasionally listen to... Uh, I can't remember what they're called. They call such weird things. But uh, the one... Uh, where I think it was one of Killmonger's themes. Okay, maybe it's called the Killmonger theme. Probably, yeah. But that, the Killmonger theme. Yeah, that yeah. shit was dope. I sounded so white saying that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it did. <laughs> what does skeet mean again? <laughs> but, I mean, like, how about in the realms of pop music, anything you guys want to talk about or recommend? Uh, what are your thoughts on Justin Timberlake's album? I wish I, mean, I heard it. I love Please is tell me more exactly. about it, guys. <laughs> what I love is that uh, the background... Right, was that like he disappeared into I think Montana into like his wood cabin mm-hmm. lived like a lumberjack for several months saying oh, I'm reinventing myself I'm gonna bring a new sound to music and he released exactly the same album he's been dropping since NSYNC mm. well not really I would say the future sexy uh, what was that one with sexy back future love sounds is that the name of the album I could be mistaken it's the one where he this steps was on the two, disco this was 2006 or it's was the one right after Justified Oh. His second album. Like I thought that was a good uh reimagining of the Justin Timberlake we all know and love. Mm-hmm. But I mean if you want to talk about like reimagining Justin Timberlake, Zayn M- Zayn Malik. That collaboration he did with uh Timberland. It was- felt exactly like Justin Timberlake leftover. Well, I mean, he was always the least talented of the five of them. Hey. Ooh. <laughs> Ouch, man. What is he going to do? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like he's he's so away from huffing on aerosol cans that he can't do anything. Yeah, come at me, Zane. <laughs> Harry's better in every way. What? <laughs> I, d- I have no idea which one is which. Harry's the. I, the... I, I figured they're all interchangeable. Wait, which one? Who's the one with Dunkirk? Uh, Harry. Oh, Harry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No, he's definitely the most talented one. But like, actually, I watched them go through X Factor. Wait, he's the one with the bullet song, right? That's Harry, yeah. right? Okay. okay, okay. Yeah, no, uh, because they all uh, auditioned separately because they were artificially formed in the X Factor to become a boy band. And Harry Styles was definitely the most talented of the five of them. Wait, I thought the X Factor was like a talent show as well? Uh, yeah, it's kind of like uh, American Idol, but in the UK. Okay, so how do you artificially manufacture the contestants again? Because they they all came in as solo artists and then they didn't get through to the to uh, like the live stage. Okay. But they were formed into a group. Oh so yeah, I, I know about this story. Simon yeah. Powell saw the potential in all these guys and he said, "You know what? Like Voltron, <laughs> we yeah. should put you together." With our powers combined, we will steal every te- teenage girl's money for the next five years because G four stopped making money. <laughs> What's G four again? Some other no JLS. They were like the big group sensation before. Oh, JLS is the old black kids, right? Yeah, the four black kids. 
that caused a stampede in Birmingham. <laughs> I hate my country. <laughs> well, it's okay. <laughs> it's 2019. You have more opportunities to hate. You know it, what? Right? Maybe Brexit will fix all of that. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> but then again, it's it's interesting to know. Like, is One Direction the final? era of the boy band will we never see another no. boy band thing because little makes us still going strong one of their girl bands uh, which kind of proves why boys so might make a new album for all you no, know but I'm, I mean, I'm thinking doing tours. <laughs> i'm not talking about the throwback guys i mean like uh, you know what i mean like new new people yeah right? because the thing new is right i think isn't this definitely around like it's been a good four or five years and that's mm. usually when the cycle repeats itself because if you want to go all the way back to like okay I mean, let's not go all the way back to like the beatles but let's like, just say maybe 20 years ago with like uh, NKOTB and then like the, the American wave for the boy bands and then the British wave for boy bands. Yeah. And then like the thing is like when One Direction came out there was no other boy bands competing with them. Yeah, but the thing is like now uh, I think they don't have a chance because uh, the West has suddenly realized what the fuck is this K-pop thing? And that happened because yeah. they like yeah you the yeah. juggernaut that is K-pop. Like you thought yeah. Bieber fans were terrifying. You have not met BTS fans. <laughs> Holy shit! It is it's weird to hear oh, eccentric Tom mention BTS. <laughs> it's hard. You to are aware of that. I work with Singaporeans. Oh. <laughs> they are aware of that. Yeah, like, they're so, like yeah. the most they're self-hating really group. It's either Korea or Japan that they care about so goddamn much. But like you know, it's like what does uh, Singapore have? The Sam Willows. Fuck off. Yeah, fuck off, Sam Willows. I I can't stand them. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I would say this is like I, what I love about like you know, especially I mean, in the situations where like I have uh, expat or foreign friends who are uh, made aware of Korean pop, and it's like you can't defeat us. We mass produce them. We have thirteen in our band. Yeah, no, <laughs> seriously, I've. I've maintained this that Korea is just the better version of America. <laughs> they do everything better. Have you seen their internet? It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they even do Sad Lonely Guys better. What? <laughs> they literally die playing games from starvation. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> and they pay obscene amounts of money to watch a pretty girl eat several thousand calories. I, don't I thought that was a Japan thing. No, it's a Korean it, thing. Huh? It was mukbang is a Korean word. No, mukbang uh, is a Korean right, thing. Right, right. Yeah. Okay, okay, I'm embarrassed that I know I'm aware of such things. Sheesh. Thank you, internet, for still being as weird as ever in 2019. Yeah. <laughs> and thank you, K-pop, for making YouTube Rewind even more insufferable. Yeah. You want to bring that up? Jeez. No. Why should I? Don't think we should. No. Come on. Let's keep on it's already, focus on the best things like, of 2019. If you want to hear a good rap about it, just watch the H3 um, uh, video of it. You know what's my favorite thing? Uh, is PewDiePie's version of PewDiePie's response was fantastic. It was amazing. <laughs> that is the best. This was right after the 2018 video, right? Yeah, he or... just look for PewDiePie's version of YouTube Rewind. Yeah, I love. Okay, also, I, I love how Subway was, was like, YouTube didn't invite me to be part of it. I don't know why. <laughs> Dude, any, any video with Ugandan Knuckles, <laughs> that was my favorite <laughs> meme of 2018. Yeah. But yeah, definitely. Oh man, subscribe to PewDiePie. We need to take down T Series, everybody. <laughs> Not you too, dude. I I hate corporate anything. Yeah, fair so enough. I'm on I'm on the side of the the independent ass Swedish asshole, <laughs> the rebels, Just the rebels, <laughs> vodcasting from some basement somewhere. <laughs> keep you keep YouTube for the YouTubers. None yeah. of this corporate shit. So yes. Oh, uh, but anyway, no, you know what? I hope I hope somebody out there lets PewDiePie know. We love you, PewDiePie. Just try not to say stupid things once in a while. Yeah, please. don't say the N-word on live stream. <laughs> you know? Only I can say it. <laughs> Negro spirituals. <laughs> ah, Negro is fine. Within context. You can't say that. <laughs> within context. <laughs> I just did. Within context. Exactly, yes. Exactly. You know what? As a non-white person, I approve of what he Thank you for being my non-white friend. There you go. <laughs> Fight the power, fight the power. He listens to Zealand Arbor, leave him alone. <laughs> <laughs> but they're Swiss. <laughs> that means they're neutral. <laughs> huh? Anyway, boys and girls, you know, I mean, it's been a fun uh, 
trip through uh, the uh, Spotify playlists of the, the, the guys here at The Last King. And yeah. speaking of Spotify, don't forget to subscribe to us. <laughs> yes, it's a plug time. <laughs> it's plugs time. Okay, we're all available on the SoundClouds, on the iTunes, also known as Apple Podcasts. We're also yep. available on Google Podcasts. And yes, for all you other uh, cool millennial types, yes, we're also on Spotify. Yes. Okay, so how are you hearing this anyway? <laughs> I'm still yeah, wondering. I mean, are you the various people on SoundCloud? Who I guess are you listening to this while you're at work? Please don't I mean, listen to us yes. while I work. I'm pretty sure they'll just get you fired. <laughs> yeah, that would, that would, yes. Well, but yeah, anyway, I mean, um, so uh, any final thoughts for this very special musical uh, episode uh, bringing in 2019 with a bang, and boys? Made me realize I need to spend more time discovering music. I've been pretty bad because the way I tend to discover music is I find one song I like, then I play that one song Forever, over yeah. and over and over and over again. It's like, I discovered uh, what's called Custer by mm. Slipknot, mm. and then I went mm. down a very Slipknot-heavy alley for. You totally missed out on the whole Slipknot thing. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't like, know uh, why I just self-titled and Iowa, and then yeah. after that, I decided for some reason I didn't like them without ever listening to any of their songs when I was a teenager, mm. and now listen to it like, oh my god, I'm an idiot. I missed out on such good music. You know what you need to do? Yeah. Uh, Definitely the pinnacle of the career. You need to watch the Disaster Pieces live concert DVD. Seeing that shit stuff. live, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man! Because I, I was lucky to see Slipknot live in Singapore. Surprisingly, that's amazing that they got. Yeah, through. you know, you know what's really amazing though. Yeah. Uh, during uh, what's that song? Of Fuck me, I'm all other enemies. Ah, I can't remember the title. Sheesh. You know, like you know, even like uh, such uh, hits as uh, People Equal Shit. Yeah. Corey couldn't mm-hmm. say it. Oh. But we said it for <laughs> him. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> when you have thousands of us who know the words, don't worry, we'll do the chorus. Just play the song. <laughs> Speaking of playing in Singapore, uh, I think it was B.O.B. that came to Singapore and talked about his conspiracy theory stuff. Why? <laughs> because no one will listen to him in America. Oh, man. <laughs> so he needs other countries to listen to his uh, Hey, B.O.B., surprisingly solid uh, album for conspiracy <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> Don't give that guy any more attention. Please do not Google B.O.B. But if you do, please watch the Neil deGrasse Titan rebuttals. Those are, in- those are hilarious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, so from the curvature of the earth, uh, <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to save you from this. Why did you have to bring up B.O.B.? <laughs> because it's fun. <laughs> you know what? B.O.B. and BTS <laughs> needs to like combine forces and just be bots. That would, that <laughs> that would be the, the most confusing album. You have all these like pretty boys dancing around in Hitler hats, and then the Earth is flat. Yeah, <laughs> in Hitler hats. Why Hitler hats? What are you talking because about? Because one of them had to apologize for wearing a Nazi hat. They don't know anything. They're Korean. <laughs> yeah. But, okay, enough. Okay, so it's been a lovely uh, musical journey here on the Last Kid Podcast. So heavy recommendations. Please listen to uh, Zealand Ardor Stranger Fluid. Okay, uh, it's um, not quite a taste. Uh, I wouldn't say it's a quad taste. I think there's something in there for everyone. But to really get to it, I would say start your musical journey with Judas Priest. Then I think yeah. after that, System, I think, is the next level. Or do you think you need something else in between? I would say, like, you want to start from classic heavy metal. I mean, Led Zeppelin and Black Sabbath always easy. Well, for sure. And then, yeah. Iron like, Maiden as well? Iron middle? Maiden, definitely. I mean, Iron Maiden, Judas Priest, like that whole new wave of British heavy metal is an, is a, is an amazing starting point. Then if you want things more aggressive, then like the logical conclusion, go to Thrash Metal, like you've got Metallica Slayer and Thrash yeah, yeah, yeah. Death. And then if you really want to see where metal goes, there's always Death Metal, Technical Death Metal, Black Metal, and an entire pantheon of sub-genres and bands where you could just drown in. Yeah. And uh, speaking of which, please listen to River of Nile Hills. Yeah. <laughs> okay, River of Nile, where I always know my name. Oh, my favorite album of 2018, Metal-wise. Actually, mm-hmm. I didn't even bring it up. You know what's my favorite pop album of 2018? What? What is it? Robin, honey. <laughs> Robin is the good. Sweet, the, Robin is a back. fantastic artist. Robin from the 90s. Yeah, from like, Body Talk. Yeah. yeah. She oh, released a new album. Wow. She released a new album. And it was really good. And it is... It's, it, it feels to me like... Remember the second coming of Kylie Minogue? Min- yes. Minogue. I guess, yeah. Minogue. Yeah. Yeah. Kylie Minogue. Like, I'm Minogue. spinning around that song, right? And the last. Yeah, thing. like when she did, like, you know, Can't Get You Out of My Head, that second coming of her. So to me, yeah. Robin's Honey is like, it's been 10 years since Body Talk, I think. Mm. And like, her voice is still immaculate as ever. 
But imagine her with a contemporary pop setting with some of the best producers around to just... This is like one of the most polished pop albums I've ever heard. Yeah, I've heard really good Holy things crap. about it. So yeah, I'm definitely going to give it a listen. Yeah, so from the rumors of Nihil to Robin, <laughs> Swedish pop. Please. That's quite a segue, man. That's quite a segue, yeah. Uh, anyway, and also do check out... Well, it wouldn't be the last game podcast if we didn't mention uh, video game music. Yeah, so listen yeah, to those. <laughs> specifically Battle 2 from Octopop Traveler. Yeah, or, or the whole soundtrack in general. Yeah, really good definitely. stuff. If you have to pick just one from last year's eclectic selection. Yes. I mean I would say I would still say Octopath Traveler deserve soundtrack of the year. Definitely. Uh, so uh, this has been Topic. This has been Eccentric Song. This is Toffee signing out.